0: Come on, whisper your own love song to the Lord, an offering from your heart to His. Lord, we're building an an altar, giving a sacrifice of praise, right? Right in our little space, right in our little three by three, nine square foot temple right here to you, Lord, because you're worthy. And our worship is not hinging on a keyboard it's not hinging on a band it's not hinging on the environment of this space here but it is because of your greatness and your goodness you're all present every 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 molecule surrounding us may it be dedicated to your goodness and to your glory in Jesus name in Jesus name amen we take a moment Welcome some folks. Say hi to Juanita, Melody's sister over here, or as we say in Spanish, Juanita. Good morning. How are you? I'm Lance, one of the people that goes to this church. I've uh, started this series working uh, kind of through the book of Acts and continuing this uh, never-ending, eternal story. I've kind of titled this... uh, as we've transitioned from the book of Luke and now into the book of Acts. And here we are this morning. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2. And so I've titled this, subtitled this message, The Super Spooky, Super Normal, Supernatural Spirit of God. It's the presence of the Lord is so natural. It's not just natural, it's supernatural. Uh-huh. Huh? I came up with that this week. Okay? It's so natural that it's like uber natural. Instead of like super spooky. Cuz you know those creepy kind of spiritual gurus that they portray on TV that they they look a little more intently at you with their eyeballs or you know those scenes where there's this person who has some kind of intuitive uh, ness about them, or a fortune teller, or just kind of a, even maybe sometimes a prophetic kind of person that will kind of give you that look, looking deep into your soul, you know, and and uh, trying to interpret your actions and your attitudes, kind of like a counselor. No, just kidding, just <laughs> kidding. Yeah. But the TV shows and the movies always portray this, you know, you know, hyper intent. You know, kind of a little bit awkwardly spooky, in touch with the spirit realm person, right? They're always this uh mysteriously questionable through their vague revelations that they give that could cover a, a multitude of insights, right? And we're always suspicious if somebody seems to know something about us, like where'd they get this information, the guy, the motivational speaker, the hypnotist who has an earbud and somebody's telling him lots of things in his ear, you know. Uh and of course there have been those prognosticators like Nostradamus and those who could tell the future who really designed th- like Michelangelo I think didn't he design like airplane and flight and stuff like that 100 you know uh, hundreds of years before they actually his designs became structural and planes flew prophets in the old testament were held accountable for their declarations for their predictions. They were expected at times to be able to interpret dreams, to bridge the gap between between mankind and this holy God and believers in Jesus. We are really pretty weird. Look at your neighbor and say, you're weird. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Michael, you're, you're your own neighbor there. Say to say to yourself, Michael, you're weird. He did. He did already. (laughs) Some people might say spooky because we are spirit people. We've arrived in the second chapter of Acts for you old uh, Christian music people. And we've traced the lineage of the king of Israel to his arrival throughout the Gospels and and but King Jesus when he, the Messiah, the anointed one, finally reveals himself, suddenly he's, it's like he just reveals himself and teaches his disciples over 40 days the things of the kingdom and all, all that he came to do to teach, and he's, he's explaining, uh, connecting to the Old Testament, they're getting this incredible uh, insight, he's revealing this truth to them, and suddenly ooh, he's carried away into the clouds. And if I'm one of the disciples, I'm, I'm reacting like, wait, wait, Jesus, We're just getting started like now we finally understand and and now everyone who sees you will know. So not even the grave can stop you. I mean, I would have been excited if I was a disciple saying, Jesus, this is going to be great. Now you're going to go into the synagogue and you're going to set those Pharisees straight. You're going to look at the high priest. He knows that you were executed in the grave for three days. And now you're going to walk in there and set those leaders straight. We can't wait, Jesus, till you appear before Pontius Pilate or Herod calls you in for an interview because the words out that you were dead and now you're alive. We can't wait to see the faces on those people. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus goes, and I read it last week from Acts chapter one. He says, no, I'm not going to stay with you. I'm not going to be the one that's going to tell all about this amazing story. No, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other, other ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses that go to these brilliant Pharisees and Sadducees and explain who, who I am. I mean, imagine that how intimidating that was for the fishermen. Like, hey, we just finished a 40 days of boot camp with Jesus. That, that's just not, that's not enough time. I mean, it's enough time, 40 days, if you're in the Coast Guard or the National Guard, but it's like 16 weeks to be a United States Marine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sure they felt like, we are not ready. Us and looking at each other, right? They had just got, got, gotten done through that Passion Week. All the disciples fell into the shadows And 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 I know like none of I'm sure they were saying to themselves, none of us stepped forward. None of us risked our necks when you were arrested, Jesus, except that time when Peter grabbed that dagger and cut off the high priest's ear. And Jesus said, no, we're not going to. This isn't the way we're going to fight this battle. And and, and Lord, you told him that. And we we all know how Peter stumbled after you were arrested and he denied you three times. And and even after you, you warned us and you warned us we weren't going to fight like that. Lord, we're not ready without you. There's no way that we'll end up dead ourselves. And isn't it funny how we rate living this life in these earthly bodies as a success when the stories of the Bible declares the glorious path of suffering and death, of sacrificing our bodies, of being honored to sacrifice our bodies in in the same way, so to speak, or in the... how could I say that without without denigrating the resurrection? That we could give our lives as a sacrifice and offering, uh, resembling the same way Jesus did. As Hebrews chapter eleven says, man, those people who were sawed in half, those people who were jeered, those those believers who were thrown out to the lions, the, says the world wasn't worthy of them. And we think keeping this life going is the sign of success. We're designed these bodies to hold the presence of the living God that the whole world, Jesus says, you could stuff the whole you could have everything you desire in this world and it won't fulfill you. The spirit of Jesus is now moving in his people and it's it's it should be really normal that the essence of Christianity and walking with the spirit of God should be normal, that the spirit of God in the believers, I mean that you're now being moved and led by the spirit of god and not driven by the flesh does that mean the flesh won't get the best of us a, a time or two no does that mean that we're not in conflict and battle for righteousness no it means that we're not surrendering to the flesh we're not giving into those things we're not giving up this pursuit of god and righteousness in his name we're not giving up on trying our to to Partner with God to walk according to his commands. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This spirit that I made in kind of a purple fuchsia, okay. Almost 400 times in the New Testament, this word is found, Numa, right? That we are people of the spirit. There's all these, you know, definitions around 400 times. It's like this phrase that is just all over the place. Sometimes it's the third person of God, the Holy Spirit, as a co equal, as a co eternal with the Son and the Father. Sometimes it's referred to a way that. Uh, emphasizes his personality and the character of the Holy Spirit. I got all these definitions from from the Greek that's referred to in a way uh, that emphasizes God's work and power in spirit and truth uh, and never referred to as a depersonalized force. But the spirit, the rational spirit, the power by which human beings think, feel, decide, the soul, the power of knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting towards a life in Christ. In God, a human soul that, is, so 400, 400 kind of uh, times where it's referred to as the spirit uh, within a man or woman. The, nat- the spirit nature of Christ, higher than the highest of angels, equal to God, divine nature in Christ, the disposition of influence which fills and governs the soul of anyone human, the efficient source of any power, affection, emotion, desire. And also used for a movement of air, the wind, hence the wind itself and the breath of the nostrils. Numa, spirit of God, spirit 400 times in the New Testament, meaning spirit people that this is very normal for spirit people. And imagine the New Testament is like this little sliver of, a, of you know, 40 to 60 years of history recorded. And we find spirit 400 times throughout there. It's very normal, very expected, yet different than when God just breathed the Spirit in Genesis chapter 10. For the people of God, the supernatural presence should be as normal as breathing in and breathing out. In the Old Testament, the action of the Spirit is noted as some kind of unique God appointment, noted as a God appearance, historic, recorded and written down as this is very out of the ordinary. And out of that 4,000 years of history, ruach is the, is the Hebrew word, 232 times where God's spirit or God's breath is noted on the earth. And, and it's a different, it's, it's different the, this ruach is a different word. I'm not going to say the Genesis chapter 2 word when God breathes into the um, nostrils. You'll have to ask me at work tomorrow, Michael, because it sounds like a really bad swear word. And so I, I, I'm not going to say it because uh, this section will wake up and they, they might need to keep sni- snoozing a little bit. But, but definitely a dif- definite different word that God breathed into the spirit, uh, men, a breath versus Ruach, where God's presence showed up in some unique, divine, supernatural way. In the Old, Tef- Old Testament, it was, uh, uh, you know, here's a great example, Ezekiel chapter 37 where we see this Ruach and the hand of the Lord was on me. This is Ezekiel. And he brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make you. I will make uh, I will make. uh, Oh, there. Oh, I highlighted it on my notes. It disappeared. Breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and I was as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, tendons and flesh appeared on them, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to The breath prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into the slain, and they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up upon their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from from them, I will pour my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle in your land. Then you will know. That I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The Spirit of God working throughout four thousand years of history, the chronicles of God. Four thousand years of history. For us believers, the Spirit of God is working all around us. It's an everyday thing that we can, we can become even apathetic to it. We can become, uh, we can. It's kind of like walking in all the prosperity of America that you can. Not be thankful for what you have because you're looking at somebody else who seems like they have a bigger pile of stuff. It's a natural common occurrence in the New Testament believer's life, in the believers in Jesus today. Nearly every historical page that you turn through the New Testament shows the impact of Jesus and the work of the Spirit now that's happening in literally... literally Every page of the scripture, and yet 4,000 years of history, sometimes it was 20, 40, sometimes 400 years where there wasn't uh, a manifest movement of the Holy Spirit. He has made that possible today in Jesus. Not a church marketing or growth strategy, not a food giveaway, not a great website or a fantastic facility, but what we have to offer today in Jesus is a life. Into, the, into bones and flesh and tendons that are only breathing until the Spirit of God comes into them. Amen? You stand with me? Lord, we, as we just continue to worship, would you breathe fresh spirit life into us that, that our own minds, our own eyeballs, our own heart, our, our, uh, our, our muscles, and our connected tissue Would be uh, alert and aware of your holy presence within us and around us today in Jesus' name. Great, mighty God. Hosanna It means, Lord, save us. It's an admission of your own need for a savior and deliverance from your own flesh, your own selfishness. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Keep a spirit of worship. We're going to. Receive the Lord's tithes and our offerings and thankful to the Lord for his goodness and his provision. I I worked really hard this week. I took last weekend off. A thank you to Colin and talking about the blast and and what they're up to and what they're doing. Four different radio stations broadcasting four different styles of the gospel uh According to music Jesus story and in various forms and and so if if you uh, uh, Designate something for the blast. We'll make sure it gets there. Uh, I know that I worked really hard. I was gone four days and then I like Worked too many hours this week and at times it's um, I start thinking like w- everything that I've done and uh, without him, I could do nothing. And I know you get kind of attached to your check, and you get challenged, like, "How can I give the first tenth to God?" Without him, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have ten tenths. You wouldn't have one tenth. Uh, without his uh, giving you uh, the skill, the ability, the ethic, to uh, the integrity and the, the possibility to earn. Lord, we thank you that you have entrusted us with the ability to earn. You've taken a risk on us, Lord, because we, as humans, we start to real quickly think it was our talent, our skills, our management ability, our, our entrepreneurial spirit, our hard work that we got up early and we worked late and we earned this. And Lord, forgive us for that spirit that um um, is often just associated with pride is why why the devil fell and he's so good at um tempting us with our own skills and our own abilities that to to take too much ownership in the process we thank you lord that you've worked through us may these offerings be a reflection that you are first and foremost In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We dedicate the days before us. May this week, maybe it's the end of the week for some, maybe it's the beginning, maybe it's just a little break here, but Lord, may the days in front of us and the hours before us Be filled with your presence in a greater and dynamic way, in Jesus' name. And everyone whispered, amen, amen. Hey, let me mention, before I get started here, uh, you may be seated, Uh, September 15th, so not too many, oh, oh yeah, let's go to the other one, because we should go in by order of date, right, September 9th. Uh, we are serving at the banquet as a fellowship providing, it says 35 to 40 volunteers needed to serve from 515 to 8 pm, and six to eight who can show up at two o'clock that day, 2 p.m to prep. Uh, and then we'll be taking offering before that September 9th to make sure that we can pay for the $1,000, yes. What's the youngest age? I don't know. Thirteen. 13, 13. So all your kids are old enough. They're very mature. It's spiritual age. They're very they're very mature. Their spiritual age, their yeah, their emotional age is much higher. So you figure that out. I've heard, I don't know this to be true I, and I don't remember if it was that sounds n- not too good, but that some places they count your when 3 months after you're born t- to be your first year since you know you're 9 months so you can you know really we believe our life began at conception so if your kids are 9 months away easy that's that's a, that's a no brainer oh yes and then September 15th there'll be a sign on the door if you show up for church here we're going to be meeting Uh, A month from today in a few different locations and having church together in a home sharing a meal together And so if you could be a facilitator, it won't be a sermon that day. There'll be a uh, it'll be a uh, It won't be a worship team showing up at each house, you know Uh, If there's a song that's sung if there's you know, there'll be a some biblical discussion more like a family time kids chaos and Bible and prayer and food, everything together, kind of one big New Testament chaotic moment. So, uh, but each group will just be able to figure that out. So if you're interested in opening your home up, uh, I don't think we've for sure set. I know some people are open and interested. If you want to be a, a facilitator or, a, or have your home be the host home, it's nice for a facilitator who's not the person who owns the house. So they are the ones that tell people, it's over now, go home. Because otherwise, otherwise, you know, people just hang out and then you open your home up and it was a seven hour Sunday and you're exhausted when it was supposed to be a kind of a Sabbath refreshing moment. So but we can have lunch together or brunch, depending on your group, however you want to do it. So if you would open your home up, uh, let us know. I, uh, uh, Carol's not here this weekend, but so we'll be talking about it over the next month. And you can just email me to um, Lance at Falls church if you say hey i want we want to be a host home or we'll help facilitate and we'll help organize and so and yeah those are the two the banquet house church okay all right back to acts chapter 2 the jesus work has made the supernatural uh, everyday occurrence not super spooky but super normal maybe even making sense, uber-supernatural spirit of God. (coughs) Joan gave me a breath mint, (coughs) meaning I have problems. (coughs) And now it's wedged between my lungs and my Frodo. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Anyone have some Mountain Dew? I think that would be, for medicinal reasons. supernatural, supernormal spirit of God, and yet making us extremely peculiar from those who are just walking in the flesh on this earth that aren't sensitive to God's will and God's word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came, filled the whole place where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire separated, rested on them. All of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And there were those staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Where they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken, utterly amazed uh, they asked aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it we hear each of us uh, hears them in our native language one person speaking, but ten d- let 's just say it's like one person speaking one language and ten different people surrounding them are all hearing it in their own language simultaneously. Would that be wild and freaky okay utterly amazed aren't these that are all speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our Native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, um, <coughs> excuse me, res, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, uh, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, uh, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, "What does this mean?" Some, however, made fun of them, said, "Ah, there's that communion spiked, you know OK, they didn't have communion. but they have had too much wine." And then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, "Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. If they did, they got a real problem." Okay. no, this was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I personally never really connected this until this weekend to the power, the tower of Babel, the day that God in Genesis chapter 10 scattered people. And how did he scatter mankind with probably uh, well, it says their languages became different. So probably their skin color, probably their culture, cultural interests, enough that would It would make it impossible for these people to work together like they were because together they unified and started dreaming about building a tower to heaven, making their own portal to God, making their own way, putting putting the heavenly realms in their own control. And it actually says in Genesis chapter 10, their goal was to make a name for themselves. And God said, no, 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 I am the great I am. And he scatters the, the people of the earth and divides them by, by language and likely skin color and cultural uh, interest as well. But we can only speculate that. But what we know for sure is uh in Acts chapter two here is there is a unified praise to God now. That now people from all these languages that have been decided, did, divided together, right, come together with one hallelujah. Is that one of the only words that it you say it in every language? You say hallelujah, right? Praise to God. It 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 here in the book of Acts now, they're all unified in one giant praise to God. As the Spirit of the Lord falls on the Jesus followers when they were told, wait in Jerusalem. Mankind's dividing walls uh, in this moment are are tore down. And those watching say, what does this mean? And Peter says, they're not ju- drunk and you're not hearing things. But and uh, and they're they they can not figure out what's going on. And Peter speaks up in verse 17, where I left off. And he says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit, On all people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out of my spirit in those days and they'll prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Some were like, What's he want from us? I know the church seems fragmented and divided, and that's not what God desires. But before you get too hard on, on Christianity and its modern versions in these um, temples made with earthen hands, uh, you know, together Christianity has been a driving force for education in, in our country, for hospitals taking care of people who are sick for nursing homes and even our original government, as we heard when Jim spoke uh, over uh, July 8th, man, that was just so good. The original government body was wanting God's word to rule our communities. But what about our church today? Where are the supernatural works of the Lord? I'm sure you could look around the church and stare at. The American churches and get all judgy that God is not moving and that we need revival. And yes, the church needs to be continually revived with the spirit of the Lord. But imagine if there was a book written over the last hundred years of of the miracles that had happened in 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 our country. Can you imagine reading about the folks who came back to life again that were prayed for in the name of Jesus over the over the last uh, hundred years in this country? Those who were terminally ill with cancer. Your 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 mother, Paul, uh, what's her first name again? Joanne, who visits about twice a year from North Dakota. And when she comes back, she always says, I'm still here, Pastor Lance, because she was given just a few weeks, two months to live. Came forward on an Easter four and a half years ago forward to say, will you pray for me? I just found out I terminal lung cancer. The doctor said, get your things in order. So we laid hands on her. We prayed. I didn't feel anything super spooky in that moment. I didn't get goosebumps. I didn't. uh, I I did anoint her with oil, but I didn't push her over and make sure she fell down and uh, nothing dramatic. Kay. She left. matter of fact, she a retired nurse, so she was kind of skeptical because she started feeling better. She went to the doctor and had an exam. they said, "We don't we, you know, oh, I, I know what it was." She waited a couple months because she, she felt like God had done something, but she, she was kind of a skeptic herself, been there many times when someone's cleared of cancer, and suddenly they got it again, or whatever. So the first exam, you know, bewildered, but it was probably three months later before she started going like, "I am verbally." going to let people know I have been supernaturally healed. This lung cancer's over. And every time I see her, she's just a bottle of joy back here going, Hi, Pastor Lance. I can't. And, I, you know, I had nothing to do with it. It was Jesus. I was just one of peop- the people praying for her, right? I remember uh, a guy I went to Bible college with who was in a fatal accident before I ever met him. He was dead, and uh, the the first words, he worked with a Christian uh, guy who laid hands on him, and he, he said, I don't know what happened. I know I was in an accident with a skid loader where his body got compressed, and his legs, he is a big football player, big massive thighs were compressed to less than one inch. Both his legs trapped between um, a hydraulic thing, and... Uh, All he said in his testimony, I heard that that year, uh, I think it was my sophomore year, Bible college. He said, I heard these words in the darkness. Spirit of life, come back in Jesus name. I bet you I could take a little bit of time and have each one of you come up to me and we could probably write a book about the people that we know that are either from our family or we work with that we know that. That have had supernatural things happen to them and their families. Un- unexplainable things. Just chronicling the supernatural work of God that we know about in our simple little lifetimes. Like Joan and I, we had a little girl named Lana who was purple and wasn't breathing. And for five minutes, there was no breath after her birth. And, and all we were doing was praying and praying for the medical team. And, and we know that God breathed new life into her. We all Look around this room. We know a lot of liars, cheaters, thieves, and addicts who've been transformed like that little guy Zacchaeus who was a liar, cheater, and a thief. And he said, now I'm going to be generous. I'm going I'm to try to make up. I'm going to give back. Eric, you were a mess. Pepe, I'm, where is Pepe? He's out counting the money. Yep. No, he does put it in the same, those two guys. I blame him for part of my mess of my life. Just kidding. We ran in some of the same circles when we were far from the Lord. But go around this room, you were a mess. I like how Paul says it in the Chronicle, First uh, Corinthians, that uh, that's what you were. You were you were lost. You were You were a liar. You were a cheater and thief. But now you've been... Transformed. Fellow Israelites, Peter goes on to say, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible to death to keep its hold on him. And David said about him, I saw the Lord before me because he was at my right hand and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the past of life. You fill me with the joy of your presence. Fellow Israelites, and I would say believers in Jesus today, David is buried in. And there's a tomb to this day somewhere where there's a cavern of bones that David is resting there. He was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him an oath that he would one day his descendants would take Place on the throne, seeing what was to come. He spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life and we are witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He's received from the father, the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what you now see and hear. Verse 36, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them. He pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the church that day. This Holy Spirit of God is a natural extension of the presence of Jesus in our lives. It's not spooky. It's natural. As a matter of fact, it's so natural. It's extra natural. It's super natural. Will you stand with me? Will you just place your own hand on your own heart and and just re- renewing your uh, commitment to the Lord Jesus, allowing him in your own words, uh, whispering, Lord, uh, fill my body with your presence. That more and more, a greater percentage—maybe, maybe we're just barely over fifty percent—but may we continue to have your holiness washing over us. May your presence uh, be more evident in our in our in our soul, in our lives, in our minds, that we could be yielding to. To your uh, presence, Lord, I I just pray that you would invade our our the, our body cavities with your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, may your presence rest on us, working in and around and through us wherever we go today. In Jesus' name, and all the church said. Amen. Lord, bless you. It's 1029. I didn't even look at the clock. Um, 1129, I mean. One minute early, so I'll probably go one minute late next week because I've never gone over before. And you'll owe me. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sabbath day. Rest in the Lord. Eat together. Break bread together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.